Another huge tour announcement coming to Australia to celebrate the 20th anniversary of their album Sunburn is Fuel. And I'm so excited right now to be speaking to frontman Brett Scallions. Hello, Brett. Hello. How are you? I am so well. I've got to say, I have spent many a night out, maybe a little bit boozy, and just belting out your songs along with everyone else in the pub. And seriously, it kind of blows my mind right now that I'm actually speaking to you. Well, we'll just have to throw you on the mic uh, at the uh, the show. (laughs) I don't recommend it, Brett. (laughs) I think uh, my my vocal skills have been likened to strangled cats, so probably not the best idea. (laughs) But 20 years since the release of Sunburn, I mean, wow, where did that time go? You tell me, because, you know, I guess the old saying, time flies when you're having fun, applies. So uh, we've been having a great time, though. And, uh, yeah, 20 years, I I don't know where the time went. And uh, it's crazy to even think about. But uh, nonetheless, it's here, and we're excited about it and and ready to to go out and have some fun and and play the the Sunburn album and and, uh, a number of songs from the other records as well. And I believe it's been around 17 years since you were last in Australia. What are, what's... Why have you been ignoring us? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to get to you guys sometimes, yeah. unfortunately. You know, I, I've been doing uh, Fuel Again for about seven years now, and um, uh, we've been I've been discussing it with my management for the longest time now. Like, we've got to figure out how to get to Australia. So finally we were able to figure it out. So we're excited about it, and I, I can't wait to be there in December. So. Sunburn, the album, it had the title track, Bittersweet, and of course, the huge hit single, Shimmer. And I reckon here in Australia, there is not a cover band that doesn't have that in their repertoire. It gets played. People just still love it. I've got a friend who it's her favourite song of all time, and I'm sure people come up to you and rave about the song. Why do you think that it still connects with people 20 years on? Yeah, I you know, why does any song uh, connect and, and have longevity like that, really? You know, it's just a matter of uh, all the right components, the right song, the right uh, the right people involved, and, uh, you know, the right recording. So uh, I feel like uh, we worked really hard back uh, back in the day there to, to focus on making those songs the best that they can be, and, and luckily for us it translated into the recordings, and, and, uh, and people got it and understood it and enjoyed it, so... You can't ask for better than that. Was it a magical moment when it came together, or did it sort of just feel like, you know, you'd put down another song? You know, I think when when we were making the record, we were just kind of um, in the heat of the moment, really, and, and we were just trying to make the best record we possibly could. We weren't thinking about... Uh, as things were passing by, we, you know, you always have those moments where, yeah, that feels good. But, you, you know, it's for me, I have to I have to record things and then get away from it and then pull it back out and listen to it to see if I feel like it's right. Yeah, you know? right. So and I and I think I think that when we were making the, that record, we were doing the same thing. And and uh, luckily, it always felt right. So. It did become the highest played single in the United States in 1998 and uh, I guess playing it for 20 years now, do you get sick of it? No, not at all. You know, it's uh, it's always a fun moment in the set and, you know, I always look at it like, uh, does Mick Jagger get sick of singing Satisfaction, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or... Uh, or does Paul McCartney get sick of playing, uh, performing all those Beatles songs? You know, I don't think so. You know, I think when you've got uh, 
when you've got fun music in your uh, in your catalog and people are embrace it and enjoy it and and uh, sing along with you, it's always a good time. So you're always going to enjoy performing the songs. So. And let's talk about the live shows themselves. Does the album get played start to finish in order, or how do you come to it? You know, we haven't we haven't approached uh, how we're going to do the actual 20th anniversary show, um, whether we're just going to do it exactly the way the album is or if we're going to break it up and throw other things in between or, or how we're going to do it. So uh, I guess you're just going to have to come out and, and find out for yourself. <laughs> I like that. And I do need to take you to task on one thing, uh, Brett. Okay. okay. So I'm a little bit, you know, I'm, I'm very happy, but at the same time, this is driving me nuts. You and a lot of international artists in general, for instance, there's a lot that haven't been to Australia in years, like Paul McCartney, Alanis Morissette, live. You are all coming within a few weeks of each other. I mean, is this a conspiracy to drain the wallets of Australian music lovers? Is that right? Paul McCartney's coming around the same time too? Yeah, he's actually playing the same week that you are. He's playing uh, in Melbourne, um, I think on the 6th. So there's about three days between your two shows. We'll have to we'll have to reach out to him and see if we can flip-flop who's headlining and stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it really is. It's shaping uh, I, up to be a really busy end of the year. Just this morning, I got a press release saying Stevie good. Nicks is coming out with Chrissy Hines. Like, it is just crazy oh, at the end of the year for us. You guys are so incredibly lucky then. I, I've... I've seen Paul McCartney before, and if you've never seen him before, I highly advise you to get a ticket to that show because it is absolutely amazing. You know, the, the, the catalog of music is just incredible, and he plays for two to two and a half hours, and it goes by, within it feels like 30 minutes because you're just so enthralled in what's going on. So uh, definitely go see that one. The guys in live are amazing, too. You know, we're talking about doing a few things next year together. So, um, and that's another amazing catalog of music. So you guys are so lucky. You've got some great shows coming into town. So I'm excited for you. I once saw an interview with you where you said that you saw Elvis live and you fell asleep. Is that correct? I did. Wow. You've done your research. Yeah. That was my first concert. I was only like four or five years old. And uh, I I remember uh, making it through the first two or three songs. And yeah, just like you said, I fell asleep and... (laughs) But then I remember waking up uh, when he was doing Love Me Tender and, and oh, things like wow. that, so, which was exciting. It's kind yeah. of incredible that you remember that, given that you were so young. I know. You know, I, I have like little flashes of it, you know. So it's, uh, you, you know how it is, you know, with the, those, little, those little flashy memories that you have when you're at that age, you know. And I've got, I've just got little moments of it. I remember, I remember his opening, da-da-da, da-da-da, and him running out on the stage and the, the big Elvis uh, sign behind him on a flashing. And, and I, remember, uh, I remember him giving out scarves to all the ladies in the front row and them giving him roses and things like that. So wow. it's just uh, pretty incredible. <laughs> it's kind of amazing that your parents took you. I think that they couldn't find a babysitter, so they were just like, the hell with it, let's take him with us. <laughs> That's so great. Worked out well for you. Now, let's talk a little yeah, bit about uh, your work with The Doors as well. Okay, yeah. What you got? Well, I'm just kind of curious as to how that all came together. Well, um, my my manager also uh, uh, managed uh, Ray and Robbie at The Doors um, back when they were doing that, and um, and Ian Asbury was singing with them for a while, and they were amazing together. 
but uh, Ian thought it was uh, time for him to go back to his band, The Cults. So uh, Ray and Robbie were um, were in need of a singer, and, and uh, my manager thought that I would be um, a, a great person to, to carry on that role. So uh, I went in and I jammed with the guys for a couple of days in uh, Los Angeles, and at the end of the second day of, uh, of jamming, they sat me down and said, we, we love jamming with you, and do you want to do this with us? And so I didn't even have to think about it. I just said, of course, let's go. <laughs> so I got to tour around the world with Raymond Dirk and Robbie Krieger of The Doors and play that, that catalog and, and uh, you know, have a little glimmer of what it's like to to, to try on Jim Morrison's shoes. Yeah, so what speak. is that like? So, pretty incredible, you know. It's like the coolest thing about it for me was uh, to – to gain the friendship of uh, of Ray and Robbie, for one, but uh, you know there was there wasn't a day that went by that uh, Jim's name didn't come up, and uh, you know there were moments of laughter and there were moments of frustration and and uh, even you know moments of tears for those guys, you know, because they were talking about their friends. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the musical icon of Jim Morrison that we think about. It was just their friend. So um, it, it was kind of nice to to be like a fly on the wall at those times and uh, and hear the hear the things that they had to say. So things that uh, things that don't don't normally make it into the tabloids, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure it would have just been such an eye opening experience. Sure, it was. It was a wonderful time, and I still dear close friends with uh, with Robbie, and and uh, I'll see him soon. He does a. He does a celebrity golf tournament uh, for St. Jude Children's Hospital every year, and so You're I right. always go and hang with them. Are you a bit of a, a golfer, are you? I'm a bit of a hack at golf, but I still can do it nonetheless. <laughs> Robbie's great at it. He really is, and he plays. I always say, I always say there's three things that Robbie loves. It's his guitar, his family, and golf, and it's not necessarily in that order. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> now, uh, with mm. Fuel, what's what's happening in the future for the band? Obviously, you've got these Australian dates in December, but then what happens? Well, we're uh, we're going to do the 20th anniversary for the Sunburn album, and uh, we'll be doing that in the States, uh, touring in the States next year for that, and, and possibly uh, we'll continue on abroad uh, with that tour. Um, there's also... Uh, you know, I've been doing some uh, writing and messing around with some uh, song ideas. And as soon as I get home, I'll uh, I'll throw myself in my uh, my recording studio and and kind of uh, bury down in that and and try to finish a few songs and hopefully have those released uh, early in the year. So uh, you know, good times, good things. Sounds fantastic. Well, Brett, we can't wait to see Fuel return to Australia for the first time in 17 years this December as I part of the Sunburn 20th anniversary tour. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. We can't wait to see everybody. The people in Australia are just such amazing people, so nice and so giving and, and so hospitable. And uh, we're looking forward to spending, um, you know, some, uh, some more time uh, on your shores there. So thank you for having us.